So um, yet again, I'm sure that video brings a tear to a few eyes here this morning because our series, It's Just a Phase, is illustrating how quickly those phases go by. Uh, whether you're a parent here this morning of a preschooler, uh, middle schooler, high schooler, maybe you're a grandparent here this morning or a parent-to-be, um, I think all of us, knowing the kids that we are aware of in our lives, know how quickly those phases go by. So I feel like um, on this particular series, talking about pouring into the lives of the next generation, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but I feel very qualified to speak on this. So uh, I have three children of my own, that qualifies me somewhat, but um, as well as my nephew and niece in England, my wife is one of six children. Uh, they all have loads of children, so uh, all together on the uh, Atlantic side of my family, there are 27 grandchildren, nephews and nieces, 27 of them. Um, so I feel like that really sets me up to be very skilled to speak on this. Uh, I feel like my resume would be stronger if I knew all 27 of their names. I'm at about 22 right now, and uh, 23, and uh, every now and again my sister-in-laws will just make life really difficult for me, and two or three of them will have babies at once, and we'll get to a family gathering, and they're all holding each other's babies, and I'm like, there's just no way. I don't know if that's your baby, someone else's baby, let alone what the name of that baby is. Is it a boy or a girl? <laughs> I'm their uncle. But uh, despite that, I do feel a little bit qualified to speak on this subject. And the, uh, what we've been talking about here at Connect, if you're just joining us, is uh, the idea that even though it's just a phase, even though the, the kids in our lives, they move through these phases very quickly, um, every phase is unique. Every phase has its own unique opportunity, has its own unique challenges, uh, and whatever. We don't want to miss them. We want to be intentional at making a difference in the life of a child, whether it's your own child, your grandchild, a nephew, a niece, a neighbor kid who just kind of hangs around your house all the time. Maybe God's positioned you to impact that child's life somehow. So on the first week of our series, we talked about the idea that um, when it comes to just the sheer amount of time spent with the children in our lives, that actually you, this morning as parents, you are the greatest spiritual influence in the life of your child. That um, as a church, we want to partner with you in that, but actually just based on ours alone, if you're a parent here this morning, you will be the greatest spiritual influence in the child or on the child in your life. But then last week, week two, we said that even though if you compare the amount of time the child spends with you versus the amount of time he or she spends in the church, that doesn't mean that we as a church don't have a plan. No, we've actually got a very intentional plan. We as a church really want to address every single phase that these kids go through and have an intentionality in how we can impact those kids, how we can touch the lives of those children and teenagers as they move their way through Connect Church. So we really do have a specific plan, and we need one. I don't know if you know this or not, but on Sunday mornings, we currently have about 120 children through 0 through 11 who come to Connect Church. Each Sunday morning, there's about 120 kids starting from babies in the library to preschoolers in the music room to K through 5 out here in the cafeteria area, all of whom right now are hearing the wonderful message of how much God loves and cares for them. They are growing in their faith because here at Connect, we have a plan to impact that specific phase. 
And it doesn't stop there. You know, when those kids move outside of fifth grade and into middle school and high school, we have a plan for that phase as well. Tonight at five points, at five o'clock, five at five points, our youth are meeting. There will be about 50 students who show up tonight at our youth group. And they're also going to hear how much God loves them, how he wants to help them navigate through their middle school and high school years, how he wants to help them stand up for him when many of their friends maybe are making decisions that go against what they believe the Bible teaches. That's all taking place in Connect Youth. So week one, we talked about the parents' role. Last week, we talked about the church's role. And today, I want to speak specifically about kids in general to kind of wrap this up and maybe um, give you a thought, give you an idea here that you'd never thought of before when thinking about kids and teenagers. But right before we do that, I want to just kind of um, um, add in here that as well as having a plan here of how we want to uh, impact the lives of kids locally, did you know that Connect Church has a plan to impact the lives of kids globally? We actually think that kids are so important. We actually think that God loves kids and teens so much that we want to impact them across the world. So coming up in a few weeks' time, we're going to launch um, a project that we've done a few times now. I think three times we've done it. This will be our fourth year of doing Operation Christmas Child. You guys at Connect are brilliant when it comes to Operation Christmas Child. We get so many shoeboxes turned in. And if you're not really sure why we get shoeboxes turned in, let me explain briefly what Operation Christmas Child is. We take, you take home these shoebox-sized cardboard boxes, and uh, you'll go to Walmart and Target and Dollar General and just get some, some little goodies and some toys and some um, toothbrushes and, and different things like this. And we pack these boxes, and then they get sent all across the world. They go to some of the poorest places in the world through a ministry called Samaritan's Purse. And when they arrive there, your little shoebox that you packed will arrive in a child's home somewhere thousands of miles from here. A child who may live in poverty and who will receive this gift in the name of Jesus from an organization that that give it and, and partner with them and say, we want this gift to come and we want this to tell you about how much God loves you. That as a child living in poverty who may be battling health and food issues and, and things like this, that there is someone somewhere who wants to invest in your life. We have a plan here at Connect Church to impact kids globally. We partner with another organization called Compassion. And I love Compassion. Compassion's a great organization. They help kids living in poverty all around the world. And we've particularly targeted the regions of Ecuador. Since Connect started three years ago, we've sent um, money to help build two children's centers and churches in Ecuador. This is one of them that's almost completed and that they're using right now in Ecuador to uh, reach the kids in that community. Kids living in poverty who now are hearing the hope of Jesus and are are given food and clothing and um, health advice. And it's just changing that community. And it's because people like you stepped up and gave, and sent money, and sponsored kids, and is making a difference in the lives of kids, not just here, but around the world. In fact, just a little plug here in February, where we're planning a, planning a trip to this location to see the church that we helped build. We'd love to take some of you with us. We've got some people already signed up, and if you're interested in learning more about that trip, you can sign up in the foyer before you leave today. There's a, a sign-up sheet there that'll tell you about it. But we want to take some people over there to see, to make that connection between Connect Church in Washington, Illinois, and this church down there in Ecuador. 
to come back with pictures and videos and tell the story of what God is doing because many of you um, sacrificed and gave to make this happen. So we have these plans to impact the lives of kids locally and globally. You know, locally, our strategy is to share Jesus to the next generation through relational discipleship. So we are blessed with an incredible team of people who help us achieve that goal. You know, here at Connect, we currently have almost 100 leaders and volunteers who work with our preschoolers and grades K through 5. That's phenomenal to know that that so many of those people put on that blue Connect Kids t-shirt on a weekly basis and pour into the lives of these kids. Something that just um, blesses me no end, and if you're a parent here this morning, maybe you too, is that it's not just adults serving in that area. We have teenagers Middle schools and high schools who are junior leaders, who are stepping up saying, we want to serve. We remember what it was like to be in Connect Kids and have our own leader. Now we want to be a leader, and we want to make a difference in the lives of the next generation. We are so blessed to have them. In Connect Youth tonight, there are 12 leaders who will be hanging out with those teenagers. That means that's, if you think of the ratio for about 40 or 50 teenagers to have 12 leaders, that's a great ratio. That means that every middle schooler, every high schooler that arrives tonight, someone's going to know their name. Someone's going to know their story. Someone's going to say hi and shake their hand or give them a high five and say, it's great to see you. And if you know about that phase of middle school and high school, that is very important that there is someone, an adult, that is connecting with them and sharing Jesus with them. So one more time, just to kind of sum up what we talked about in weeks one and two. We talked about the idea that red represents the love of the home. That you as parents and grandparents, you provide that love to that family through the home. But yellow represents the church. That when church and family work together, when they partner together, it creates this this orange. And orange is our philosophy here at Connect. Orange is our philosophy to, to challenge the next generation, to bring hope and change to the next generation, to bring hope and change to the future. But as we wrap up this series this morning, there's one other element that I want to touch on this morning. One that I'm really excited to talk about because I think sometimes we miss it as we look through these different phases, as we kind of see these phases moving along. So to set up what I want to speak about this morning, I'm going to ask you a question. Here's the question I want to ask you this morning. What comes to mind when you think of children? What comes to your mind when you think of children? Because there are all sorts of things, aren't there? When you think about children, those different phases and that, that kind of beautiful, messy canvas of, of, of growing up, the, there's an array of words that come to mind, aren't there? Words, images, sounds, even smells. I mean, let's think about it. Every age, every phase brings its own unique things. Mothers of preschoolers and middle schoolers are saying, yeah. <laughs> images of sticky faces, grimy hands, toothless grins and dirty fingernails. Princess dresses, two sizes too small, and yet still have to be worn on that trip to Kroger's. Scraped knees, Legos that seem to crawl under your bare feet, and that untamable but equally hilarious bedhead that winds up on our, news, on our Instagram news feeds. Sounds of uncontrollable laughter, armpit farts, and wild tantrums. 
Late nights, early mornings, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and watching Frozen for the 700th time. Maybe it's the braces and the mortgage payment that comes with them. Maybe it's those awkward growth spurts, crying over their first breakup, or helping them not just to invite someone to homecoming, but to do it in the most creative way possible that no one has yet done. Maybe it's thinking about sitting next to that kid who just last week was playing U8 soccer and playing with Star Wars toys, and now he's driving 55 miles an hour down Route 24, and you're thinking, how did that happen? I'm talking Route 24, the bypass, not by McDonald's. I don't let him drive. (laughs) But I do as a dad. I'm sat next to my 16-year-old thinking, it was just the other week I was coaching you in Little League Soccer. And suddenly you're, you're at this phase, and those phases, they move so fast. But when thinking about all these words and sounds and smells, I think one word that I think of that comes to mind a lot when I think of children is this word. It's potential. Potential. I think every one of us, whether it's the babe in our arms, the preschooler, the middle schooler, wherever they are, we look and we see all that potential wrapped up in the life of that child. We think, man, when this kid grows up, he will be. Or I think this little girl has the potential one day to do this. But there can be a drawback, can't there, with the word potential. Potential kind of makes it sound like, well, in the future, you'll be able to. Or one day when you grow up, you could do this. But imagine if someone told these kids that they would be good at something in the future. Check out this video. And I don't think there's anything in that video I could do better than those kids did. Those kids are awesome, aren't they? And sometimes we, we do this, don't we? We look at kids and think, oh, they've got the potential to one day be this, or when they grow up there. But that video illustrates the fact that there's a lot that kids are able to do right now. Now, I, I love the idea of potential. 
I believe that every kid has so much potential, potential to create, potential to love, potential to serve and inspire. I believe that um, kids who grew up in families, Christian families, even have the potential to help others find their way back to God. And I love it when we see that potential in someone, particularly when a child. But the only problem with the word potential is that it's kind of a maybe or a someday word, isn't it? When we think of potential, it's like you, you maybe one day will do this instead of right here, right now. And I wonder this morning as parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts and just adults in general, if we've ever thought, man, I wonder if we believe that this child can make a difference for God today. That right now, God has a plan to use this child in the kingdom of God today. In this moment, there was a, an evangelist lived uh, uh, over 100 years ago. His name was Dwight L. Moody, D.L. Moody, very famous American evangelist. And there's a story told of a time he came back from a revival crusade, and his wife met him, and she said, how did it go tonight? And he goes, oh, it wasn't too bad. Um, preaching was good. Then at the end, two and a half people were saved. And his wife kind of chastised him and said, honey, she goes, children are, are real people. You know, they're not just halves, they're holes. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, it was two children and one adult. <laughs> but the children, they've got their whole life ahead of them. The adult, half their life is already gone. So in D.L. Moody's mind, the half was the adult because it was already halfway through their life. That child had the whole life yet still to live. I wonder, are we celebrating the fact that God desires to use those messy, sticky, beautiful faces for the glory of his kingdom today, right now? Because I think that's what Jesus saw when he saw children. Listen to this story as Luke, one of the gospel writers, one of the guys who wrote the life of Jesus. He explains it this way in Luke chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. He says, and they were bringing even their babies to him so that he would touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they began rebuking him. But Jesus called for them saying, hey, permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. Did you see what happened there? These children are being brought to Jesus, and the disciples kind of interrupt and say, hey, no, 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 not right now. Don't bother Jesus. And we look at the story, don't we? We go, oh, tap, tap, tap. those disciples. I know I wouldn't be like that. I would have let the children come and see Jesus. But would you? I just think of it this way. You parents this morning, maybe um, imagine this scenario. You're stood in the foyer. You're about to come in for service, and, and someone says to you, hey, look over there. The senator or the governor, that, that famous person, he's visited Connect this morning. Did you hear? And you say, no. And you turn around and you look, and, and there he is in his very expensive suit and this dignitary in our foyer, and stood right next to him is your three-year-old with a chocolate cream donut in one hand, sticky fingers, and you can see him reaching up to just kind of grab the senator's pants and start. And you're, what's your response? Oh, look at Billy. With the senator. Isn't that awesome? No! You're like, no, Billy, get away from the senator. Get that child out of the way. Because we think he's really important. He doesn't want to mess with this sticky-fingered donut kid. And I understand what the disciples were thinking. I think they were looking on thinking, no, no, no. I, I don't think the disciples disliked children. 
I just think they looked on and thought, listen, Jesus, he's got so many people to see. And, and right now, there's much more important business. There are some adults and some religious leaders and some people here. He doesn't have time for children. Much more important people to see. And Jesus stops them, doesn't he? He stops them and he says, no, bring the children to me. He didn't view kids as a bother or a distraction. Instead, he said, Jesus called for them, saying, Permit the children to come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. He welcomes them. He invited them. He celebrated them. In fact, it says here that Jesus called the children to come to him. Listen to how important that is, okay? When you read through the Bible, a lot of times you read of Jesus and God calling people to them. In Matthew, we read that Jesus called his disciples, the 12 people that became his disciples. There's another time we read where it says that Jesus called the crowds to him. He called the crowds to follow him. In the Old Testament, there's a famous verse that says, If my people who are called by my name... Throughout Scripture, we hear these examples of, of God calling and of Jesus calling people. It's a, it's a beckoning to follow after me. And in this passage, we see Jesus extending this same call to children. That same call to follow him. That same call to have a transformed life, a, a transformed purpose, a transformed eternity. Jesus doesn't distinguish between the adults and the leaders and the children, he says, no, I want you to call them to follow me. And then after that, he turns around and he says, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. This was a radical statement for Jesus to make in that day and age. This was a time where children were uh, just the, kind of the outcasts. A society in which children could be discarded for being born the wrong gender or being born sick or disfigured. And Jesus elevates them and calls them to him. What if Jesus' words could apply for us today? What if children could still lead the way in faith? What if the children in our lives are to inspire us in our faith? I spoke to a, a friend of mine this week. There's a couple that tend to connect. Their names are Brad and Ashley Mahoney. They've got a daughter. Her name's Reese. She's eight years old. And Reese is awesome. And I asked if I could share this story because um, Ashley posted this picture on her Facebook page uh, um, a few months ago, and Reese had to do a project at school. So she's in second or third grade, and she has to do this, this sheet, this preparation. It's an autobiography for a poem. Listen to some of the answers this eight-year-old gave. So um, line one, you are a lover of, she puts God and Jesus. There's another line here, it says, um, who needs God and Jesus by my side. There's even a line that says, who would like to, and anything could be put there, who would like to, but she says, to live and believe in God and Jesus forever. I love that, that this is a child, this is important to her, this is her pouring out what God and Jesus mean to her. I asked Ashley if I could share this story. She said, yes. She said, unfortunately, we won't be there at church on Sunday. We're going to be in Florida on vacation, which is a terrible idea. Because it turns out, if you read, that her fears are lobsters and sharks. 
And right now she's in, well, she's lobsters and sharks, but I'm, I'm sure they're a part of the lobster family. And uh, right now she's in Florida surrounded by lobsters and sharks. So we need to pray for the Mahoney family this week. You know, I can remember a time where Ashley asked if we would pray for Reese because she was battling some anxiety. She was scared to go to school, and there's some different things going on. And we prayed, and Ashley reminded me on the phone this week. She said, you know, Reese has changed so much. We've seen it. It's such an answer to prayer. She no longer has anxiety. And she said, in fact, Dave, it's the other extreme. She stands up now in class and answers questions in Connect Kids. She's the one who wants to volunteer and go up to the front to play a game. She said, just recently, she told me, she said, Mom, I've started a club at school. She goes, what's that? She goes, well, I meet every day during recess by the basketball hoop, and I'm inviting people to come. And she goes, well, what do you guys do in the club? She goes, well, I just tell them about Jesus. She says, well, how's that going? She said, well, the other day I had three people who came, and that was good, and I told them about Jesus, but I want to get more people there. And I tell you, when Ashley said that story, I got to thinking, you know, when was the last time you invited three people to the basketball hoop to tell them about Jesus? I mean, it's true. These, we should, I believe that not only does God want to use kids now, not the potential of who they're going to be in the future, but right now, and I believe that he also wants to use them to challenge us to inspire us with the faith that they've got, inspire us in the way that they are following Jesus. You know, Jesus says, doesn't he? he goes on to say, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. I think God wants to teach us some things about faith and following him that we can only learn by spending time with the kids in our life. They will teach us things about God that we wouldn't be able to learn without them. You know, there's a, um, a guy, his name's Reggie Joyner. He's in charge of uh, this organization called Orange that we use their curriculum. This great quote from him, he says, it's important for you to get involved with kids and teenagers because you may be their only connection to Jesus. And we believe that. We believe that wholeheartedly at Connect Church. We believe that there are some kids who come along on a Sunday, some teens who come to Connect Youth, and we may be their only connection to Jesus. But I got thinking about that quote this week, and I wondered, I wonder if the, the opposite could be said. For all of us here this morning, it's important for you to get involved with kids and teenagers because they may be your connection to Jesus. Maybe the kids and the teenagers in your life are your connection to Jesus. They inspire you with their faith. And as you see the way that they're growing in their understanding of who they are in God, that they actually inspire you, that they become your connection with Jesus. It's just a phase. And we don't want to miss it. In fact, we should want to celebrate every phase. I found myself a few times in the last couple of weeks in the midst of this series, dealing with some stuff at home and dealing with some stuff with my kids and being like, okay, it's just a phase. <laughs> Hurry up through this because I'm ready for this phase to end. <laughs> but the truth is, I don't want to look at these phases as something we have to endure, something we have to get through to get to the next. I want to celebrate every single phase. I want to use these phases to impact the next generation, both as a dad and as a pastor. We want to help to equip you as parents to impact every phase. But what if, what if during these phases, God was wanting to, to reach you? Reach you in a way that he's never reached you before. Teach you something he's never been able to teach you before because you've never got to see it through that phase 
of the child in your life through their eyes before. I don't think the kids have potential. They do have potential, but I don't think their potential is for something in the future. I think right now God has a plan and something he wants to do with the kids in our lives. That they have a purpose, that they can be used by God from 8 to 13 to 18, and in every single one of those phases, God can be using them. And in the, in the midst of that, challenging us also. So here's how we're going to wrap up this series this morning. I'm going to give you three words to um, send you away with. They all begin with the letter R. The first one is recognize. Recognize this morning that God has a plan for every single child. And that plan starts now. It's not in the future. Today, God has a plan. Let's recognize that together. Let's realize that engaging with and caring for and loving these kids in their life, it can help us find our way back to God. It can help us connect with God in a way that we may never have connected with him before. Realize that God wants to use the child in our lives to impact us. And then here's how we respond. Here's how we respond, by celebrating every phase. We don't endure them. We celebrate every phase that those kids are going through in our lives. Those grandkids, those nephews, those nieces, the kids we coach. Let's celebrate every single phase. Because what if, what if children aren't a distraction from the more important work? What if they are the most important work? That's our challenge as we close out this series. And here's a practical challenge I'm going to send you all away with this morning. Because I hope over the last couple of weeks, maybe even this morning, God has stirred your heart a little bit this morning. If you're here this morning, and if you're a follower of Jesus, you've realized, wow, I actually play a role. I could impact the life of a child. I could make a difference in the life of someone in the next generation. Maybe it's a son or a daughter, a grandchild, niece or a nephew. It could be somebody you coach. It could be uh, if you're a Young Life leader, one of the kids in Young Life. There's so many ways that I know many of you are connected to kids and students. Here's what I want you to do. Did any of you have this in your home as your kids were growing up? There's like these notches on the, on the doorposts. There's like lines, sharpie lines that kind of represented the heights. Maybe some of you still have it. There's a, a wall somewhere in your house or a door frame in your house that shows. And, and when you look at that, it's really cool. But then you're like, oh, I can remember when you were that little and now you're this big. So we've got some doors here this morning. And here's what I want to do with these doors this morning. These doors represent four key phases in the life of a child. Maybe the child in your life. In a minute, I'm going to pray and we're going to end the service. And I want you to head over to those doors. And I want you to find the door that applies best to the child or the children in your life. And I want you to write down their name. It could be your grandson or your granddaughter. It could be your own kids. Could be a neighbor's kid, a nephew, a niece. Maybe you're a leader in one of our youth areas or kids' areas here, and these are some kids that you just really believe God has called you to, to pour into. As you write that name on that door, it's you saying, as this series closes out, I'm committing right now to be intentional. I don't want to miss those phases. I want this to be something that God will use me for to make a difference. That's your commitment this morning. Our commitment as a church, as leadership here at Connect, will be to pray for those names that are on those doors. 
If you weren't here on our anniversary Sunday, we announced that um, we're moving into a new building in town. We're still going to meet here on Sunday mornings, but there's a, a red brick church building just off the square. It's the old Methodist church building. That's going to become our headquarters throughout the week. We're going to have our youth services there, all of our kids' um, supplies will be there. There'll just be stuff going on there all week long. Uh, we'll be able to do a lot more ministry as a church with our own you know, location here in town, but it's not big enough for Sunday, so we'll still meet here on Sunday mornings. But I'm excited because one of the first pieces of furniture, decoration we want to put in that building will be these doors. So every time someone walks in, yeah, that is pretty cool. <laughs> One of us leaders walks in, we can just pray for those names. Anytime people walk in, they can say, God, bless that next generation. Use them now to impact the world in which they live. Let's pray. Father, it is just a phase, but we don't want to miss it. So help us as parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts and coaches and youth leaders and kids' church leaders to be intentional about making a difference in the life of a child, making the difference in the life of a middle schooler or a high schooler. And as we pour into this next generation, God, I pray we'll never forget that actually you want to use that generation to inspire us. Sometimes their faith, their zeal, their passion for you. That's why Jesus said to the crowds, hey, take a look at these kids. There's such a lot you can learn about them. The kingdom of God belongs to them and you can learn from them. Help us to be inspired by that next generation. In Jesus' name, amen.